शिला गुरुदेव की जाय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जाय श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जाय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतन की जाय श्री ब्राह्मर गीत की जाय गौर भक्त वृंद की जाय गौर प्रमान हरि हरि गो प्रणाम थो एंड गुड मॉर्निंग गुड आफ्टरनून फ्रॉम चक्र तीर्थ श्री जगन्नाथपुरी धाम आई होप यू हैव हैड अ वेरी वंडरफुल जन्माष्टमी सेलिब्रेशन लेस मंडे एंड आफ्टर दिस वन वीक विदाउट मीटिंग सिंस वी हैव जन्माष्टमी कथा बाय आवर गुरु महाराज वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग अगेन विद आवर सीरीज ऑफ लेक्चर्स ऑन ब्राह्मण गीता we have two more sessions left so today will be the penultimate meeting of the song of the bumblebee sixth conclusion talk if you will we are spending some after thought like meetings so we will be spending seven of them so today will be the sixth we are trying to rethink deeply about the implications and consequences of sri brahmar gita not only in the figure of Sri Udab Mahasaya, but especially in ourselves as well. So today we will be studying the remaining verses of chapter 47 of the 10th canto, which are verses 64 till 69. But as usual, first, let's begin with some brief summary recap of what we saw two weeks ago in our fifth meeting of conclusion. Where we will be, where we will study verses 61 to 63 of this 47th chapter, which were the third last verses of the Udab Gita, this farewell song that Udab presented before leaving Braj and returning to Mathura, composed of six verses. So, in the previous lecture to the previous one, we studied the first three, and then in our last session two weeks back, we studied the last three verses. Of this Udab Gita, so the the first of these last three that will be the fourth verse of the Udab Gita was is mainly the most well known one, as Mahavajranadi and Jusam Mahamsham and so on, where Sriman Udab is mentioning how the Gopis have uh, relinquished all those realities that are the hardest, the most difficult to give up in this world, family, affection in this world, position in society. Reputation, all these different attachments that maintain us on the material cycle, the gopis very easily transcended them, if you will, in a very spontaneous way by just hearing the flute call of Krishna just running behind that. So their love is such for Sri Krishna, who is sought after by the Vedas themselves. In other words, the Vedas are after Krishna, while the gopis possess him more than anyone else. So their love is so glorious that Uddhava presents a very unprecedented prayer here when he asks for becoming a creeper, a gumala, a little tree, or a creeper, or a blade of grass in Braj. Something, something else. The closest to the ground, the better, <clears throat> so he can enter in contact with the dust of the feet of the Brajagopikas. So he is not praying here to have gopi bab per se, but to be imbued with the emotional intensity that the gopis exhibit. Mm-hmm. 
in, in their service to Krishna. So he may have that in his own style, but for Krishna in Dasyaras mixed with Samsakya. <clears throat> then in this next verse, fifth verse of the Uddhav Gita, he again invokes the notion of Lakshmi Devi, the goddess of fortune, and the superiority of Rasalila as well, and the superiority of the gopis above Lakshmi herself, mentioning how different great personalities, starting by Brahma, other devas, and concluding in the topmost chaste devotional lady Lakshmi, all of them can mostly think about Krishna's feet in their minds or serve them in a certain way by the way the gopis have realized Krishna's lotus feet. That's unique. They have taken in the Rasalila, they put Krishna's lotus feet on their breasts, on their hearts, and the forest fire of their separation was relieved by that, hmm? with pure, deep affection, something that even Lakshmi was not able to do because she was not able to access Rasalila, as we already mentioned. So again, from this particular perspective, the supremacy of Gopi Babi established by Uddhav. And finally, we studied the last verse of the sixth from this Uddhav Gita, where Uddhav, before leaving the Braj, falls to the ground crying ecstatically, taking one particle of dust, putting it above his head, and pronouncing this prayer, I offer my repeated pranam, not to the gopis directly, it's too much, I'm too low for that, I will offer perpetually my pranam to a particle of the feet, of the dust that has touched their lotus feet. Because this gopis, their kirtan is so powerful that it has the potential to purify the three worlds. So in this way, Uddhav expresses his gratitude for the lesson he received in Braj for the darshan, for the samskars he acquired this last 10-11 months he was in Braj Mandal Parikram, especially because of, the, of what he witnessed in the Brahmar Gita, in the very first day of his staying there. And of course he's very grateful for Krishna, for, to Krishna for sending him there to Braj to relearn mm, what's love, what's the ultimate reach of love and who Krishna is ultimately as well. Mm. So this Urdhava Gita is presented in the Purbana Lila, so in the mid-morning section of the day. And Urdhava is just about to leave Vrindavan after offering this historical, very famous prayers daily recited by many Gaudias as part of their sadhana. So today, in our penultimate meeting, mm, we will narrate the remaining verses of this 47th chapter, when Sukadev Goswami will give some more narrative according to how Uddhav left Vrindavan and how he arrived to Mathura. So, we will begin with the first of these six verses we will be studying today, verses 64 till 69. Uh, sorry. So, again, we'll go back to Sukadev Goswami putting in context the narrative while speaking to Raj Pariksit. So in verse 64, Sri Sukamuni is saying, Uddhava, the descendant of Dasarha, then took permission to leave from the gopis and from Mother Yashoda and Nanda Maharaj. He bade farewell to all the covered men and, about to depart, mounted his chariot. So, Sukadev Goswami presents us with a, this particular moment, the particular frame of this picture in where Uddhav is bidding farewell from each one of the Brajavasis and mounting in the chariot to return to Mathura. Both Srila Sanatan Goswami Path as well as Srila Jiva Goswami in their respective commentaries, they begin it by offering again their pranam to Sriman Uddhav Mahasaya, mentioning, I offer respects to Uddhava. The best of Krishna's dear devotees, 
who prayed for birth as grass in order to touch the dust from the Gopi's lotus feet. So again, over and over again, this idea is mentioned. Uddhav is the greatest of Krishna's devotees, but we see that the greatest of Krishna's devotees is wanted to be a particle of, of, of a blade of grass to enter in touch with the dust of the devotees who actually are the greatest of the greatest devotees. So if Uddhav is the greatest devotee, the Vrajavadis are the greatest of the greatest, and so on. So this is the analogy established here. And it's such a great devotee like Uddhav established this fact about the ultimacy of Gopi Bhav, for sure this must be a reality. So we offer pranam to Uddhav for having revealed through his own testimony, epiphany, all these crucial facts in our, for our Buddhas and Pradai, very foundational. Then Sila Sanatana Goswami Pad, in his commentary, he mentioned that Uddhav bid farewell to all the male and female servants, to all the cows and other entities. In, our, in order of degree of prem, he spoke to each group, starting with the gopis. And to benefit the yadus in Mathura, he departed. So in other words, Uddhava bid farewell to every single person in Vrindavan, and not only person, he's saying here, cows and other entities. Because ultimately, in Vrindavan, every single entity, even a particle of that, is totally transcendental conscious substance, fully dedicated, for the pleasure of Krishna. So all of them deserve Uddhava's farewell, if you will. So he's taking the time to say goodbye to each and every one of them. And he begins starting by the degree, objectively speaking, of Prem that is present in the Gupis that he himself just established in his own prayers and by that going to all the other varieties of Prem that we find in Braj. Only Prem is found in Braj. So even though we speak about degrees of prem, we cannot speak about any other thing about prem hmm, inside the area of the Braj. Hmm? He returned to Mathura hmm, to benefit the Yadus, to share the news, the good tidings of what he experienced in the Braj. Remember, if you, if you live a place for a year hmm, and all the people who love you and live with you and you, they know you are about to return, they will be very willing to hear what did you do during all this year? So in this way, Uda will take this opportunity to share hmm, his experience at mass, as, as much as he can, as much as, as much as the Maturavas are able to digest his experience in Braj. Hmm. Jiva Goswami comments in this connection that Uda is calling this birth the descendant of Tasaraha. Hmm, it's tied to the dynasty he appeared in because Uda was knowledgeable of all conduct. In other words, Dasarha is a dynasty famous for this type of expertise in solving problems. So Uddhava was famous for that. That's why he was Krishna's own minister, personal secretary, and sometimes Krishna himself will ask him, please help me to solve this dilemma. How to, do, how to act in this situation? What's the best decision to take? So that speaks about also Uddhava's capacity. So that he inherited, if you will, by the blood in the dynasty he was born, the blood, the blood that was running through his veins, the Salaha. And he was not only, Jiva Goswami mentions, knowledgeable of all conduct and now knowing how to behave and solve problems everywhere, but he was able even to solve the problems of Braj. In other words, the Brajavasis were about to die in separation from Krishna. Uddhava was able to save them 
through the message of Krishna, to the spurti of Krishna that manifested through that message, and to convince them Krishna is about to return. As we will see, when Uddhav is about to leave now, the Brajavasi will be again plunged into an ocean of separation and distress, but somehow they are determined in surviving, in not dying, and waiting for Krishna to return, which Krishna will do, as we will see in our next and last class. So the point is, Uddhav was very expert in solving all types of problems, including the problems of Braj, and now he's going back to Mathura to solve Krishna's problem there. In other words, as the Brajavasis were about to die in separation from Krishna, in reciprocation to that accordingly, Krishna himself is about to die in separation from the Brajavasis. So he needs to be saved as much as the Brajavasis need to be saved, and Uddhav is going there on a mission back to Mathura to, to pour the wine of Harikatha, Brajalila Katha, on the ear, cup-like ears of Krishna, and save him, and this way help to organize the return of Krishna to Braj, the final. So, when Uddhava then was about to return to Mathura, some of the commentators mentioned, after having spent again 10, 11 months, almost a year, with the Brajavasis, with the Gopis, the Gopas, he asked Radha, Sri Radha, he asked, Oh Radha, Sri Radha, what message should I give for you, from you to Krishna? As I brought some message from Krishna to you and to every inhabitant of Braj, now use me as a messenger to send something back, as a dutta, remember. So Radha gave the following reply in Srila Rupa Goswami's Ujjwal Nilamani. So Sri Radha mentions, Oh Dhabha, Although we will be so happy if Krishna came back to Braj, if he feels even the slightest discomfort by coming back here for whatever reason, then he should never come. Although we are suffering tremendously from his separation, he should always live in Mathura if, if he feels some discomfort in coming, if that is what makes him happy. So again, she's making this point, of course, as we mentioned previously, Gopis like Sri Radha know that Krishna is not that satisfied in Mathura and that he's not receiving the level of pleasure that he could receive in Braj, and they are tortured by that. But in this message, Sri Radha is making the point that I'm totally identified with Krishna's happiness. So if for whatever reason Krishna actually plans to stay in Mathura because he's happier there, we are happy with his happiness. We are totally identified with what makes him happy. As he said many times, he said, Gopi wants to be with Krishna. Even if she's a rival gopi, I will serve that gopi and make the arrangement for Krishna to be with her, if that implies rejecting me. I'm only identified with my beloved's pleasure and joy. So it is said that saying this, <clears throat> actually and lamenting uncontrollably, she handed Uddhava a sealed letter expressing her words, although her hands were helpless, it is described. No? And in this message, we will see how Shirad is saying to Krishna, please return. So one side he's saying, if he's happy, we are happy. In the sense, he makes, she makes the point, we are totally identified with his happiness. But at the same time, she knows she, he cannot be that happy there like here. So then the message that she's sending the letter says, Do not abandon the woman of Braj out of fear of defamation. The moon does not reject the spots which take shelter of it. So in the same way that the moon has some spots, which takes shelter of the moon and the moon receives them, shelters them. In the same way, we, uncivilized village girls, who are like spots and not too well educated, and you, a Krishna, such a qualified person that now is a king in Mathura, 
He is like the moon, Krishna Chandra, so bright, giving relief and shelter. And we are like spots trying to take shelter of Him. Please do not reject us out of fear of defamation, now out of fear of the rumors about some illicit connection among ourselves because of the parakia. Now that you are a big personality matura, do not be so concerned with the reputation and because of that, reject us. Act, act like, honor your name, Krishna Chandra, and give us shelter as the moon is giving shelter to the spouse. So we have to remember that when Krishna has gone to Mathura, which, is, which has been Radha's condition, she has been feeling separation from him and thinking, intense separation from him and thinking the house, the village, the ten directions, the whole world is empty. Sunjayatam jagat sarvam govinda means separation from my govinda. But whenever she sees any spot in Braj, everything as Udipana, whatever she looks in Vrindavan is making her remark, remember Krishna. So the feeling of voidness, sunjavat, if you will, <laughs> becomes stronger as she remembers Sri Hari will looking all around her. Every spot in Braj has embedded Basically, every object in Vrindavan is studded with the remembrance of Hari. All is immersed. All is, is acting as Udipana, Shmanan, for Shmanan, for remembering Krishna. So, Shirada's breath starts to choke. It is hard for her to stay alive, to keep her prana in her body flowing there. But somehow, as we know, she knows she must stay alive so she can serve Krishna. So she can avoid giving pain to Krishna by dying. Sometimes the example, we already shared that, but it's proper to share it again. King Dasarat, Dasarat Maharaj, Sri Ramachandra's father, he somehow died, committed suicide, if you will, when he was separated from his son, his beloved, most beloved son, Sri Ram, when he went to the, in exile to the forest. But we know that Nanda Maharaj could not even think of such a thing when he was separated from Krishna. Although he was, he was not able to survive somehow or other in separation, he was not thinking about dying. No matter how much he suffered in separation from Sri Hari, he had to stay alive. Hmm? Why? Well, his conclusion is, after all, how much misery will my Gopal hmm, have to go through otherwise as an orf orphan? So, if I die, he will be an orphan. He will have to suffer so much. I cannot bear that even that thought. So somehow, I managed to keep myself alive. So with this similar fear, Sri Radha is thinking in connection to Krishna. And Sri Krishna accordingly thinking in connection to Radha. Somehow, we have to keep ourselves alive. Both Radha and Krishna keep themselves alive as not, as not to kill each other by dying. Imagine this unique situation of the most extreme love. Sri Radha struggles to maintain herself alive because she knows if I die, I will kill Krishna by, my, by me myself dying. And Krishna himself very heartily struggles to keep himself alive in separation because, you know, if I die, I will kill her by dying myself. So that's the real impact of real love. So in this way, the Brajavasis are tolerating the intolerable with the hope Krishna will return. That's the the little thread that is sustained in their life. The pran keeps flowing only because of this hope. He will return. He will return. Hmm? But on, in, con, on, in contrast with that, this DNA or psychology of the Maturavasis is, if Krishna lives, we will die. And they will die following the footsteps of Dasarat Maharaj. So Krishna knows this. 
And that's why one of the reasons he cannot return yet to Vrindavan. He stay, somehow is tied to remain in Mathura. He adopts the role of a Kshatriya, even though in his innermost core of self, he identifies himself, his Abhimanes, I'm Rupa, I'm Rajavasi. So, going back to the narrative and to the next verse, after describing how Uddhav took permission, bade farewell of everyone, every speech in Braj, and mounted his chariot, verse 65, Sukadev Goswami continues, he says, As Uddhava was about to leave, Nanda and the others approached him, bearing various items of worship. With tears in their eyes, they addressed him as follows. So next there will be two verses where Nan, the Brajavasi is headed by Nanda, who is the king of the Brajavasi, will speak on behalf of the whole of Braj. Tearfully will present very unique types of prayers. But before hearing this verse, we are shown how Uddhav is mounting his chariot. And he went to the entrance of Braj, on the outskirts of Braj, where the chariot was there from the day one when he returned. When he came to Braj, he left the, the chariot there and entered into the Braj. And now after one year, he's going back to that area, mounted that chariot. So that's when the Brajabas is headed by Nanda Baba, approached him. He was just about to depart. So Nanda and all the Gopas approached him tearfully, as we mentioned, and not as if mere formality, because sometimes you have this type of consideration. Someone is leaving, okay, let's accompany him to the bus stop, if you will, or to the corner of the block or to the outside of the house or, and say goodbye and when the person disappears well, we go back home and continue as if nothing <laughs> but here there's no place for formality in Vrindavan in any single way basically everything is totally informal in the sense of everything is total organic, spontaneous, natural so spontaneously ra- rather out of spontaneous affection none that the Gopas approach it Uddhav, because they thought he's a dear friend of Krishna. Whatever is dear to Krishna is dear to us. And he's dear to us after one year spending together in this unforgettable parikram and sharing with each other. So spontaneously they approached him. Sri Vishwanachakravarti Thakur in his Sarartha Darshini mentioned that in connection to the various items they brought. So he says first that during Krishna's Boganda and Kishore ages, the middle age and the teenage, teenagehood of Krishna, the Brajavasi had collected many jewels, gold coins, and pearl ornaments. And during Krishna's Kishore age, Kumar age, sorry, many clothes. So now, basically, in their feelings of separation, again, now this is the case, they are again being thrown into an ocean of despair and birahaba. They lost interest in keeping these things, so they offered them as gift to Uddhava, as remnants from Uddhava's master, as gifts for him. We will see that the Brajavas are carrying items for Uddhava's gifts and for Krishna and the inhabitants of Mathura's gifts for themselves. So here Vishwanath puts again the situation in context. After being relieved, after having felt the presence of Krishna on a daily basis in this year of Brajamandal Parikram with Uddhava, now that Uddhava is leaving Vrindavan, somehow they feel Krishna is leaving Vrindavan. They have felt the presence of Krishna while Uddhava was there. Now they are feeling again the ocean, low tide of separation coming. But somehow they have received renewed hope and determination to keep themselves alive till Krishna returns. Because that's 
<clears throat> the reassurance that Uddhava gave to the Brajabhasis, Krishna will return, Krishna will return, and Krishna has to return, and he will return, as we will see again in our last meeting. So on one side we have this gift for Uddhava, from, given by the Brajabhasis, and Srila Sanatana Goswami, his commentary will present from another perspective, gifts that the Brajavas are sending through that to Krishna and other people in, in, in Mathura. For example, Sri Sanatan Prabhu mentions that the Brajavas help items given by Yashoda, like fresh butter, milk, and sweets for Krishna with the, her own seal. And for Balaram, for Devaki, and others, Yashoda made separate packages, sending all this opulence of the Goshta. Of the, of the cow, cow pasture fields, no? milk products, that's the opulence of Braj. Of course, the real, the ultimate opulence is the prem and love, but that takes the form of these different gifts, which are embedded no? with, their, with their mark of their love. No? For example, the gopis made gunja, bi, gunja malas, gunja necklaces for Krishna, sending them through the Sridam and other friends, sakas, gopas, Friends of Krishna sent forest fruits and other roots from the forest that they knew Krishna liked so much. So all of them are totally identified with those things that Krishna likes the most and sending that as a gift. For Krishna also Nanda Maharaj sent masks and some necklaces of elephant pearls. And for, Ma- for Basudev, Nanda Baba sent ghee. For Ugrasen, he sent other milk products. And in this way, all the Brajavasis came with full humility, with full integrity, with full love, hmm, in the total simplicity of, the, of, of their ultimate hmm, prem, presenting these gifts for Uddhava, for everyone there in Mathura. So in this way, coming with these gifts, and with tearful eyes, they address Uddhava as follows. So now comes two verses, which are prayers by Nanda Maharaj and the Gopas. Hmm, Nanda Maharaj representing the whole spirit of the Braj. So the first verse, verse 66, and we will see these prayers are in a very unique mood, which seem outwardly, seem that they are expressed in terms of Aishwarya, but there is a very particular background there, as you may imagine. So verse 66 says, None of the other cowards said, May our mental functions always take shelter of Krishna's lotus feet. May our words always chant His name, and may our bodies always bow down to Him and serve Him. So in conclusion, He's offering the classical threefold presentation, surrendering of mind, words, and body. I offer myself fully in terms of mind, thoughts, tongue, words, body, acts. But again, Nanda Maharaj is saying that, the very personification of Patsalya Prem in Raj, so that may sound unique. He's speaking to Krishna as if, it sounds as if he's seeing Krishna's God, and he's seeing himself as a servant. So what can we say on this? So let's see what our poor Bacharyas are revealing. Srila Jiva Goswami, first of all, he mentions that the previous verse to this one actually mentioned that the Brajavasis spoke with Anurag. The word Anuragena was there. So Anurag means deep attachment. 
like the one that characterizes the DNA of Braj, not with Aishwarya Bhav, like Kunta Bhava. The following words, this verse and the following, will be spoken with deep attachment. So therefore, Jiva Goswami says, the words of this verse and the next are spoken with Anurag. That means with Brajabhav, basically. Not with the conception that Krishna is the Supreme Lord, although it seems so. So Jiva Goswami Prabhupada continues saying that after considering the talks uh, with that Uda presented previously, as we know in the beginning of his visit to Vrindavan, that included some predominance of respectful Krishna's the Lord, some Aishwarya Kata, when he tried to convince, trying to relieve the Rajavasis by presenting this Tattva, Siddhanta, Krishna is Bhagavan, he's part of Brahman, and so on. And you feel such special things for him, who is God. So after considering what Uddhav said, Jiva Goswami mentioned that the Rajavasis expressed their true feelings with words seeming to agree with this conception that Krishna is God, while simultaneously indicating their extreme internal grief which comes out of Anurag, again, out of the Brajabhav, how they feel towards him, not as God, in this verse and in the next. So somehow they imply here Nanda Baba, again, representing the whole of Braj. If you consider Uddhav, if you consider Krishna to be the Supreme Lord, and he is hard for us to attain, as it seems so, then all our functions should concentrate upon him. May our mind meditate on him. And this is a way of saying, again, because try to think, if Nanda is saying, may my mind think of Krishna, I mean, he, Nanda's mind is already absorbing Krishna 24-7, every 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 30 days a month, 365 days a year, and so on. Nanda Bhavas and every single Brajavasi cannot but think of Krishna. There is no second option. So this indicates actually the fact that they are expressing in these terms, indicates extreme predominance of the Sanchari Bhav of Dainya. Dainya means humility, feeling being, oneself feeling hopelessness and falling. So that's a form of temporary, a temporary ecstatic way that is ornamenting or adorning their particular Bhav, in this case, Patsalya Bhav. So it has not to do with real Aishwarya, like Vasudeva and Devaki express sometimes and so on. Srila Sanatana Goswami Prabhu says something similar. He mentions that although Nanda Maharaj has Vatsalya Bhav for Krishna, that his Sai Bhav, Nitya Siddha Sai Bhav, he's praying here for the shelter of Krishna, the shelter of Krishna's feet, which is not typical for a father to express in those terms in relation to his son. So Sanatana Goswami again mentions this is because of lack of control. Mm, of, of internal agita- ecstatic agitation and separation and misery arising from Viraha, from separation of Krishna. Or, Sanatana Goswami also gives a second option, though Nanda tried to speak, his throat was choked with tears. Therefore, other cowards spoke on his behalf. So that's another possibility. These verses are not spoken by Nanda Maharaj, but some, by some elder gopas who are representing Nanda's feeling because he's not able to express these ideas because of ecstasy. So whatever the case, the point is Nanda is overflowing with bhava. So whatever comes out of him or whatever comes out of the gopas representing him, it's out of anurag again, out of Rajava. Even though it seems, it takes the form of so-called Aishwaric discourse, Aishwaric prayer, 
as we were already mentioned, even when the even if for a moment the Brajavasi will acknowledge Krishna may be God is God or whatever, we hear that, that will be only in such a way that will nourish their intimacy to him. That's the way of the Brajavab. Everything converges into an increasing of their intimate connection. So let's go to the next verse, which is the second verse of this uh, prayer or words pronounced by Nanda Maharaj or, if you will, by the elderly Gopas on his behalf. Verse 67. It says, Wherever we are made to wonder about this world by the Supreme Lord's will, in accordance with the reactions of, to our fruitive work, may our good works and charity always grant us love for Ishwara, Krishna. So again, second verse, which seems to convey uh, a very similar notion than the previous one. So a similar, uh, apparently, Aishwarik expression. And again, we see how here Nanda, if we take the verse spoken by him, how much he's overwhelmed by this sanctuary of dainyar, humility. He's expressing himself, saying, whatever I make to wander, in this world, in samsara, whatever birth I take in my next life, and he considered himself an ordinary living, ordinary human being wandering the world by the force of karma, according to the reactions of my fruitive world, whatever I may go, Ramanda Ramitikona, Bhagavan Jiva, actually, may my good work, if some piety, some charity I have given in this life, may bless me with love, proper love for Krishna, something. So, why he's saying that here? On one side, we have statements, for example, in the Padma Purana, it is mentioned that actually the devotees are not bound by karma anymore. They are not bound by rebirth and rebirth. So, what to speak, if the devotees are not bound by that, what to speak of Nanda Maharaj, <laughs> who is a Ragatmika, who is an ideal example to follow in the context of Raganuga Bhakti, Vatsalya Bhav? So, how can he be? tied mm, by karma, by samsara, by rebirth. Mm. So actually the idea is that this eternal Nityasiddha Parikars of Bhagavan in Braj, they so much are identified with the drama, the Braja Lila, the Bhoma Lila, the Nara Lila, human-like pastimes on earth. As ordinary people of Kaur village in this world, they absorb so much in the need of the hour, if you will, and what the Lila requires from them, that they act according again to how Yoga Maya is orchestrating this whole dynamics and they will consider themselves just ordinary people that had the immense fortune, extraordinary good luck of being in touch with someone so special as Krishna. <laughs> and interestingly, Krishna himself, in the light of that experience, he himself will consider under the influence of the Naralila. I'm so ordinary in comparison to the extraordinary love these Brajavas have for me, eternally indebted to them, purely reciprocal. Hmm. Srila Jiva Goswami, in his own commentary, hmm, he explains that when Nanda Maharaj is saying here, may we have attraction for Ishwara Krishna, which is another way of saying Krishna, the Supreme Lord, the Supreme Controller, Jiva Goswami mentioned that when Nanda says that, this actually means, for, may we have attraction for Krishna, even in his appearance of the Supreme Lord. Now, even if we want to think of him as God, as Buddha has insisted, okay, but may we have attraction for Krishna, not so much for his aspect as the Supreme Lord, basically. Even if he is God, as we mentioned many times, that's a secondary notion. Krishna is my son first. Krishna is my 
So in full humility, Nanda Baba says, me and Yashoda should be punished and connected as the most mm, unfortunate personalities, fathers in the whole three worlds. And these were crying and crying. But when he's about to be drowned in an ocean of despair, some light of hope comes. And he says, nevertheless, perhaps in some future lifetime, when we will be born somehow, where, how, we may be aware of Krishna as he is. No? And become attracted to him. So for a moment in this humility they feel we have not realized Krishna is who he is and we treated him in such a way that is not with the love he deserves and that way he left us and they cry and cry. But actually the point is even though they express in this way in the separation and the humility of separation if Krishna were to appear in this precise moment they will, they will stop immediately expressing themselves in these terms. And they immediately will run and embrace Krishna and bathe Krishna with tears and breast milk full Bhatsali about. So only this Aishwarya appears in the Brajabhasis in their separation from Krishna, not in union, never. So in separation, Aishwarya comes, but in such a way, again, that only nourishes the Brajava. And totally forgetting their own position. Vishwanachakavar Thakur then continues sharing that in his commentary. He says that it is the nature of those who possess Krishna Prem in the friendly parental and conjugal mode, Sakya Vatsali Madhurya, it is their nature to become indifferent to themselves as Asraya Lambana, as repositories of love for Krishna. Due to extreme hopelessness, they feel the, the extreme hopelessness they feel in separation from Krishna. So they feel totally despicable. In their excessive humility, they will forget their own proper moods, even, and instead they will take the mood of servitude, like we see in these two verses. Sila Vishwanath mentioned this verse and the previous as well gives an example of Dasya Bab in Batsalya Rasa. Remember, someone in Batsalya Rasa like Nanda saying whenever we may meet Krishna again may have, may we have love for Ishvara Krishna. So some Dasya Bab appears. It seems some sort of Rasa Abbas but it appears in such a way that it's only indicating the intense extreme ecstasy and separation of Nanda Maharaj. So here, Vishwanath says that the cowherds headed by Nanda Maharaj say, may our mental functions always take a shelter of lotus feet. However, he says, although they spoke like this, even in a state of ecstasy, Nanda Maharaj and Yasuda will never give up their parental relationship with Krishna. And speak like Vasudeva and Devaki, as we already saw, how Vasudeva and Devaki will pray to Krishna when he was born in Kamsa's prison, and so on. That's a total different disposition, basically. So in this way, after these two verses and some other statements in this line, it is described that covering their faces with their cloth, all, the, all of the Brajabhasis cried. Totally again, again immersed in an ocean of separation when, when Uddhav is in Uddhav's impending living separation here. And after some moment recovering on a certain level, not fully, but on some level, they followed Uda for a long way. Uda was riding his chariot swiftly, more and more quickly, and they followed Uda and the chariot embraced him and gathering together after the chariot disappeared and the dust that was raised by the chariot disappeared in the horizon. They kept looking for some time in the direction of the chariot, in the direction of Mathura, where the chariot was going, thinking about Krishna. And, and, and making a pond of tears around themselves. 
eventually the Brajavasis return to Braj. So in the same way as Uddhav arrived to Braj, when he arrived to Braj in the beginning, almost one year back, and he realized when he arrived to Braj, here is here really, Krishna is really here. And the Krishna of Mathura is an aspect of this Krishna, Raja Krishna. As Rupa Goswami said, Krishna in Dwarka is Purna, complete. In Mathura is Purnatara, more complete. In Vrindavan is Purnatama, the most complete. So all Uda realized this only when arriving there. Oh, hmm. here, here is another phase of Krishna, an upgraded version of my Prabhu. Because he arrived to Vrindavan, he realized when arriving to Braj, he realized, I am in the heart of Krishna. I am in Braj. Braj is not a geographical location. Braj is the heart of Krishna. The type of love that is there, it would make Krishna's heart. I am in the heart of my devotees, they are my heart. So this Vrindavan is Krishna's heart. So Uddhav had a journey into Krishna's heart, in the depths, the ultimate depths of Krishna's heart, by remaining one year in Braj, and having this insight. After receiving the first darshan of the Brajavasis, the first some scars of the first days, and after every single day along these 10, 11 months, after speaking now at the end, leaving Vrindavan with Nanda in the name of the whole of his own his own cohort kingdom, and with Gopis and Srirada that sent some letters to Krishna through the so he realized he he's the one the main the main person that can say I lost my heart in Vrindavan. We know that in Vrindavan they sell these T-shirts. Maybe you have seen them. Maybe you have them. I mean, it's relatively easy to buy a T-shirt and wear it. Another thing is to walk the talk, to walk the T-shirt, to wear the T-shirt. So Uddhava was, I will say that he can really wear the T-shirt. I lost my heart in Vrindavan. They went to Braj. He entered into that heart of Krishna. And he lost his heart in Krishna's heart, if you will, in Vrindavan. He's the first one who wore this t-shirt, if you will. He started this whole business that now is giving so many people and so much money. <laughs> and that's the whole idea of Brajamandal Parikram. Again, for us, Buddha is a perfect example of a pilgrim. He has, how he has gone to Braj, how he has stayed there, how he engaged in Parikram, guided by the Brajavasis, and how he, when he had to leave Vrindavan, how his heart remained in Vrindavan. He has remained in Krishna's heart. So that's the same idea that we have to go through when we go to Parikram, to Sri Dham. Our heart, we, cannot, we have to return without our heart, whatever we are returning. And we can say, I lost my heart in Vrindavan. It's not wearing a t-shirt only, saying that. It's not only saying, being the bhav, I lost my heart in Braj. There are many t-shirts for these things, but walking in the footsteps of someone like Sriman Uddhav Mahasai, Ki Jai. So, we have two more verses which are not, at this point, they are again, Sukadev Goswami is taking the lead here, mentioning to Pariksit Maharaj what happened in brief when Uda returned to Mathura. So let's go into that direction before finishing our meeting today. Verse 68. Sukadev Goswami continued, speaking to Raj Pariksit, O ruler of men, thus honored by the coward man with expressions of devotion for Sri Krishna, Uddhav went back to the city of Mathura, which was under Krishna's protection. So this seems a pretty simple 
description, depiction of the narrative and the dynamics of Kudab leaving Braj and returning to Mathura, but there are some important implications here, especially in some of the Sanskrit terms, such as the word Krishna Palitam. Krishna Palitam refers Krishna's protection. So the word Krishna Palitam, Thakur mentions, here indicates that even though Uddhav was very attracted to Braj, as we know, he was able to not be with Krishna for a year, even though he loved him so much. But due to being fully devoted to Krishna, nonetheless Krishna's his sister there, he returned to Mathura, which was being protected by Krishna. So at the same time, he had attraction and attachment to Krishna, wanted to serve him by sharing his experience and his message. And Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur mentions Sukadev Goswami here intends to criticize Krishna in this part by using the term Krishna Palitam. For if Krishna is protecting Mathura, why does he also not protect Raj by coming there? So this is one example of many and of some of the verses in, in, in the Bhagavatam when Sukadev Goswami absorbs, emotionally identifies himself as a resident of Braj. So he speaks as one of them for their sake and criticizes Krishna. Why he left the gopis? Why he's not returning to Vrindavan? So in this case he's using this expression Krishna Falita, which means again Krishna is protecting Mathura. Well, why he's not protecting Braj? By returning. And as we see, Krishna will satisfy Sukadeva Goswami by returning to Braj. Srila Jiva Goswami in this connection also presents the interesting doubt. If Uda prayed before, as we have seen in the Uda Gita, he prayed to remain as a blade of grass perpetually in Braj. Why did he return to Mathura? Why? What's the reason? So the reply is Krishna Palita. Mathura was protected by Krishna. And the point is, how will it be possible to protect Mathura, for Krishna to protect Mathura, without his dearest servant, Uddhava? Remember, Krishna is executing Nara Lila. Even outside of Braj and Mathura, he's executing Nara Lila. It's not so much, so Nara Lila, so much Nara Lila as it is in Braj, but still it is Nara Lila. So part of Nara Lila is Krishna will need help, will request advice, as he did with Uddhava on many occasions. What should I do, Uddhava? What do you think is better to do, this or that? Mm. So Uddhava is Krishna's minister. Mm. So therefore, for Krishna to fully protect Mathura, he needs his, his associate, his assistant, his minister especially. So in that case, in that case we could say that's why Uddhava returned. Or we can say in a more confidential sense, not only Krishna needs Uddhava to protect Mathura, but Krishna needs to be protected from himself by Uddhava. From himself in the sense... He's about to die in separation from the Brajavasis, as we mentioned. He's, as the Brajavasis were in the verge of death, in the forest fire of Viraha from Krishna, similarly Krishna is about to die in separation, and he needs to be protected from that state by having Uddhava return and sharing with him Brajalila Katha. So in that sense, Krishna Palita can also be applied. <clears throat> and one more detail, or one more reason for Uddhava's return, which is we see with a multi multivarious mission he has to accomplish by returning to Mathura. Sanatan Goswami says that Uda returned to Mathura because of the coward's bhakti to Krishna to inform others of this. So he also returned to spread the good tidings, the good news to the Mathura Vasis about the glories of the Brajavasis. As much as they can digest them, basically, of course.
So these are some of the implications of this verse. Let's go to the last verse of this chapter 47, verse 69, which further describes <coughs> Udab's return. Sukadev Goswami says, After falling down to pay his homage, Uddhava described to Krishna the immense devotion of the residents of Raj. Uddhava also described it to Vasudev, Balaram, and King Ugrasen, and presented to them the gifts of tribute he had brought with him. So this is the last verse, chapter 47, which, again, in a very brief, summarized way, gives some depiction, as, as usual, we will see further implications of these ideas in the commentaries of our Goswamis, which present the natural uh, extension of what the Bhagavatam is saying and implying here. So again, it is said that during all this time, Buddha was not in, in Mathura, Krishna was not only feeling the separation from the Brajavasi, but feeling the separation from Uddhava, and especially knowing that Uddhava was in Vrindavan, he was wondering when he will return. When will Vrindavan return to me in the form of Uddhava, in the form of news about my most beloved? So desiring news from Vrindavan, it is said that Krishna was counting the days, the fortnights, the months, like someone in jail, marking one day, two days, so it is said that to fulfill his desire, desire and deep anxiety and ecstasy, and get a view of Raj from Mathura, he climbed the watchtower and looked at the road in the direction of Raj. And suddenly, on that path that takes one to Raj, Krishna saw the approaching, returning to Mathura. So Krishna was overcome with anticipation. So he went to Uddhava, he followed him for some distance, and Krishna took Uddhava as the very personification of Gokul. He didn't saw Uddhava that much, see Uddhava that much. He saw Vrindavan is coming here in the form of Uddhava, in the form of news about my Brajavasis. So Krishna embraced Uddhava <clears throat> and brought him to a very private, secluded place because those things that they were about to speak, they were not, uh, how to say, not everyone was able to digest such degree of ecstatic content immature. <clears throat> so Krishna established this idea. For certain deep subjects, we cannot just open speak about them openly for the masses. We need some secluded, confidential environment. So it is said that Krishna first saw Uddhav pleased face, pleased face. He saw Uddhav, in other words, converted, transformed. So interestingly, Krishna experienced, had this epiphany. I'm, I'm getting to know a new Uddhav. And Uddhav is seeing Krishna with new eyes now after going to Vrindavan. So Uddhav is seeing a new Krishna. So both of them are meeting after one year of separation. And in between that one year separation was the experience of Vrindavan, which transformed the two of them. Transformed Krishna's appreciation of Uddhav. He was now a new person, converted, transformed. And transformed Uddhav's appreciation, vision of Krishna. For in the eyes of Uddhav, now Krishna was another Krishna. He saw another face of him. So that's the whole idea of, of Sadhu Sangha as well. We associate with each other, but in the context of bhakti, in the context of our inner culture, as much as both sides are going deeper in their bhajan, when they meet again, maybe after some time, they will see themselves in a new light. Oh, a new potential has been attained. An upgraded version of ourselves has been attained. So we will discover a new person, and the other person will feel, oh, you are a new person. You are the same person, but a new person at the same time. 
So this is what Krishna saw in Uddhava, what Uddhava saw in Krishna. They stare at the, the two of them at each other for a long time in silence, just rediscovering themselves through the eyes of the other, the other, the other person. And realizing, oh, I didn't, I never thought of you in these terms, but due to the grace and blessings of Vrindavan, of the Brajabhasis, now we can relate to each other in this unique form. We can know each other in a deeper way. So in this way, Krishna saw uh, Krishna Uda was transformed, then asked about his health. Uda recovered from the journey, he had said something, had a bath, and then Krishna inquired from him. So he inquired with deep compassion, deep concern and empathy for his Rajavasis about the elders, it is said his father, his friends, his followers, the cows, together and individually, the groups of cows of different colors, each particular name of each cow and of each devotee. This path is very specific, very personal. Krishna will inquire about each and every of his devotees. It is said that he did not ask about his mother, because when he was about to do so, tears started to rise in his throat and choked his throat. So what to speak of Sri Radha and the gopis? But he was inquiring in another way about them. So according to Jiva Goswami, Uddhava, paraphrasing Uddhava, Uddhava is saying to Krishna, by directly meeting with you in your spurti, Vrindavan, the Brajavasis had become happy and their lamentation had been extinguished. And not by my skill nor by your message. My skill, your message, all that was like instrumental in giving them the, the, the experience of your direct presence there. So by that experience of direct presence, which is the only thing that can you ultimately fully satisfy the Brajavasis, having you back there. Not, your, not message only, not my skills, but having you back, following your promise. So somehow their lamentation was extinguished. As we know, not fully. They are still waiting for Krishna to return fully and that will happen. But somehow, Uddhava is saying, I tried to accomplish my mission the best possible way. They were saved. They were happy for this whole year. Now they are entering again into the deep state of separation, implying hopefully you may go there as soon as possible. So that was the content of Uddhava's report. And later, Jiva Goswami mentions on another occasion, Udab spoke to Vasudev and other Mathura Basis as much as was suitable about the intense friend of the people of Raj. Remember, this was, was part of his mission there, to broadcast the news, the good tidings of the glories of Raja Prem, as much as the Mathura Basis were able to digest. And in another moment after this, when the proper opportunity arose, it is said that Udab gave Krishna and, and the other inhabitants of Mathura, the different gifts, gifts that were sent through him hmm, for everyone else there. Hmm. So it is said that by the type of offering, Krishna was able to identify <clears throat> the donor, the one who gave the, the gift. Hmm. So this, this shows also how interconnected they are, Krishna and the Brajavas. As we mentioned, when the Brajavasis were seeing the footprints of Krishna <clears throat> on the path in Braj, Immediately they could identify not only this is, belongs to Krishna, but this belongs to Krishna engaging in this particular pastime with this particular emotional disposition by the way he's walking. We can figure it all this out. So similarly, Krishna is seeing just a gift, but he knows who is behind each one of those gifts. He knows his Rajabhasis so well. So it is said that he, by saying, just by seeing the gift, he could identify who is the giver. 
but afraid of excessive tears, he only inspected the article from afar. No, afraid that I may just burst into an ocean of tears and all the mature vices may go crazy without understanding what's happening to me. Then it is said that Krishna arranged a separate private meeting between Uddhav, Balaram and Rohini. Why? Because Balaram and Rohini, although they stay in Mathura, they are the only two ones, apart from Krishna and apart from Uddhav now, the only two ones who have been in Vrindavan. Balaram and Rohini have been there during all the Raja Leela of Krishna with him. So they know what Braj is about. So they can, Udam can express himself with much more, uh, how to say, transparency. They are Brajavasis, if you will. So they can receive all these notions. So there was a separate meeting between Udam and Balaram and Rohini, which was a similar meeting hmm, to the one Jiva Goswami says that Krishna had with, that Udam had with Krishna, because again, they are of the same species, hmm, Braja. Bhav. And when Rohini and Balaram, Jiva Goswami says, they saw with unsteady mind all these excellent articles agitated by love, all the excellent articles sent by Nanda and Jasoda, their, heart, their hearts melt due to attraction. And Jiva Goswami concludes saying, what happened after, the, after that need not be described. It's too intense and too painful to put in words. I myself may die by doing that. That's why I stop here, he says. Then Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur hmm, mentions in his own commentary to this last verse that Uddhav described how the inhabitants of Braj had unlimitedly, unlimitedly more devotion than the residents of Mathura. He described this to the inhabitants of Mathura, of course in a very tactful and a very expert way. And the Mathura Basi will believe Uddhav because again, if Uddhav says so, he's such a great personality, we are to believe him. No? So the Mathura Basis believed the testimony of Uddhav about the supremacy of the Brajabhasis, even though the Mathurabhasis, they had been thinking that the greatest fortune hmm, and love for Bhagavan, hmm, they had that greatest fortune, they themselves in Mathura, because Krishna is our relative. Till that day they thought like that, and they thought the Prem of Vasudeva in the Bhakti was the highest, because, I mean, they have Krishna as their son. Hmm? But now they realize it is not like that, there is something more. There is some upgraded version of Prem in Braj. So in this way, Uda is establishing the ultimacy of the Braja Lila. Not only in Mathura, but hopefully in our hearts as well. This is the part of the, the purpose of going through this Brahma Gita in detail. So all these conclusions that Uda so expertly experienced and shared also penetrate our hearts. So in this context, <clears throat> it is said that Uda say to Krishna, all Shastra, all the scriptures conclude, you are controlled by pure bhakti, you are attained by devotion, you are seen only through the eyes of bhakti. Hmm? So now, personally, I have directly seen that among all of your devotees, how, all of, how among all your devotees, these Brajavasis have the most intense devotion. I have seen so many other devotees in so many other places, but these Brajavasis have the ultimate type of love. It was also very nicely established in Brihad Bhagavatam Rita, objectively speaking. They are the crest jewel of Bhakti. And he then Uddhava said to Krishna, your father Nanda Maharaj was so bewildered in your absence that he prayed that his mind will concentrate on you. Can you imagine, he said to Krishna, implying he's always thinking about you, but he's praying to think about you. No? 
out of bewilderment, out of bemoan. And your mother just saw that she was so choked up that she could not say anything. So Nanda Baba was so, so bewildered, he said he would like to concentrate on you. Jasoda was so bewildered, he was not able to say anything. Another way of speaking, a higher bewilderment even. I want to speak of Radha and the other gopis. Better I, know, I do not enter into that detail, he implied. So they love you so much, basically. This is the conclusion of Buddha. They love you so much. And by seeing that love that was unknown to me, now again I'm seeing you in another light, which was unknown to me by the grace of the Brajabhasa's love and association. And Sanatana Goswami concludes in his commentary to this verse that if Krishna will ask Buddha at this point, hypothetically, so why is there that the Brajabhasa are not coming here to Mathura with me? if they love me that much. And of course, Buddha will reply, they are Brajavasis. They belong to the Braj. And you belong to the Braj. They are people of Braj. They decide to see you there only, not in Mathura. It doesn't fit seeing you in Mathura and they in Mathura. That's not the proper stage for the Lila. Remember where after Krishna is meeting <coughs> with the Brajavasis in, in Kurukshetra, and Krishna invites them, Join me in Dwarka. You can, you can come with me. And she tells to Radha and the gopis. And they say, no, no. Where is the Jamuna there? Where is the forest? Where is the peacock feather? Where is your flute? Where is your Pitambara? Where are you? Where is Braja Krishna? Outside of Braj. Outside of Braj, Braja Krishna no longer Braja Krishna. He's Mathur Krishna, Dwarka Krishna, Mathuresh, Dwarakesh. But not Brajanath. So we need Braj for having Braja Krishna. We need the proper stage for the drama of Braja Lila being acted properly. The Lila is a drama, and the drama needs a particular stage with very unique, specific details that will help the specific mood to be enacted there. So the Brajavasis are hoping, Krishna, please return to Braj. That's basically the conclusion that Uddhav is saying here to Krishna. They won't return to Mathura, therefore you have to return to Braj. That's the whole idea of Pastimes like Ratha Yatra here and now in Jagannath Puri, which is the land of Sri Jagannath, which revolves around the festival of Ratha Yatra, which is not, nothing but for us Gaudias. Krishna is being brought back to Vrindavan by the strength of the love of the Brajavasis. So, this is what will happen at the end of this series. Next week, in our last class, not next week, sorry, because next week we will have, uh, next Monday, there will be celebration of Sri Radhastami. So we won't have meeting again because my Guru Maharaj will give, be giving Harikata on that day. So the next Monday we will have our last class, last session, where we will be sharing some further reactions by Uddhava while arriving here to Mathura and eventually how Krishna fulfilled his promise and returned to Vrindavan, to the Prakat Prakash of Vrindavan on earth. And also we will share how this whole Vrajalila of earth withdraw, withdrew from this world, trying to make full circle and close the curtain of our series of Brahma Gita. So, thank you so much for your time. Um, I will offer pranam following the spirit of Sriman Uddham Mahasai, as he did in the Uddham Gita, as we have been done in all these lectures. Pranam to the Lord to dust feet, dust foot <laughs> of the of the gopis, foot dust of the Braja Gopikas, whose curtain has the power of purified the three worlds, with the hope of being sprinkled, touched by one little speck dust of that mercy. Bandi Nanda Brajasrinam, Padarinu Nabhikshna Sajasam Harika Tutkitam, Kunat Bhuvanath.
since I unfortunately cannot give this lecture live, if you have any questions, you can share that those in the thread where I will be publishing this video and we can continue speaking along the week. Srila Gurudev Ki Jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Sri Brahma Gita Ki Jai, Gaur Bhaktavinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanam Haribo.